That's all right. We can make a joyful noise under the Lord. Amen. Let's clap our hands under the Lord right now. Jesus, we love you, God. And I give you the honor and the praise that I'm even standing here tonight, God. This is your victory, Lord. This is your work and your doing, Lord. And I give you the honor and the glory in it all. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Well, praise the Lord, church. I'm thankful to be in the house of God tonight again. Amen. And how many of you are thankful that God put it in the hearts of men to create air conditioning? <laughs> I thank God for that. Amen. I don't know how they did it a little over 100 years ago. They didn't have AC. Man, they probably lived at the river all the time. But I am thankful for the air conditioner. Praise God. But even if there was no AC, I'd still lift up my hands and say, I love you, Jesus. Amen. Because God is for us. Praise God. God is for us. Amen. Um, I have something that I want to share with you tonight that God put on my heart. As you remain standing as we read the word, I do want to give honor to my pastor for allowing me to share the word tonight. Um, I don't take sharing the word of God lightly. If there's one thing in my life that I take serious, it's the word of God. I, I love the word of God. I love Jesus Christ more than I could ever put into words. And I want to, I want to please him. And I know that I don't all the time. But I strive to do so. Amen. And I thank God for his mercy that is renewed every morning in my life. And I want to thank my bishop for always being a support to me and my brothers here in the faith. I couldn't ask for a better set of men to rub shoulders with. I can tell you that right now. And I thank God for you, saints, for you people of the name of Jesus. Because I know that we're in this together. Amen. They say that out in the world when they went on their lockdown and all that, but yet these guys are doing their thing and others are doing their thing. But we're really in this together. Amen. We've been born of the water and of the spirit and we're waiting for our God to come and he's going to get us out of here one day. Amen. Do you still believe that? You still believe Jesus is coming and that he's coming for a bride who's made herself ready. Amen. I really believe that. He said he was coming the first time, and then he came. And when he left, he said, I'm coming again. And guess what? He's coming back. Praise God. And I can't wait. And matter of fact, I say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Father, in Jesus' name. I'm going to be opening in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I'm going to be reading Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. It says, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Praise God. So what I want to talk about tonight, the title of this message is putting the pieces together. Putting the pieces together. Amen. We can put our Bibles down one more time and let's just ask God to touch us once again. Father, I love you. I want to thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice tonight. And I ask you to keep your hand upon them. I pray that your word would go forth in power and glory and that you would set it to do what you've called it to do, Father. Lord, your word does not return unto you void. It is living. It is right. It is true. And we need it now more than ever, Father. I pray that you write your word on the tablet of our heart, that we may live by it. And then when we leave this place, you would go with us. We we love you and we give you the honor and the glory in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Tonight, you may be seated. Praise God. Tonight is Bible study night. I remember uh, when I first started coming here, we had our Bible study night on Thursday night. And I used to call it Thursday night fight night. They used to have fights that night too out in the world. But in the church, we're coming in and we're fighting the devil. Amen. All we did was switch up the day. But we're still going to fight the devil on Thursday too, right? Praise God. So tonight is Bible study night, and I want to take you into a journey into God's word. 
God's word is amazing and it covers every aspect in life. Everything, including love, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5 verse 8 says, but God commended his love toward us. Everybody say us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When you were in the worst mess of your life, that's when Jesus died for you. Not when you were here repenting, not when you were living right, but when you were in your filth, in your worst sin, and even something that you wouldn't even want to repeat today. God loved you that much, and he came for you. Amen? What a God. What a God. And that love right there, you cannot put a price on. Amen? It's beautiful. God's word also gives us forgiveness. It's tied in. Matthew 6, 14 says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. You know, a lot of times we wonder why we don't got a deliverance or we don't got a victory. Maybe you need to get some stuff cleaned up in your own house right now. Do you have unforgiveness in your heart and life towards somebody else that you need to take care of? Maybe if you get rid of that, then God will give you the breakthrough and victory that you need. Amen. And believe me, I learned that the hard way. I'm not saying that out of spite or nothing. I remember when I first became born again and I repented and I realized how much God had forgiven me. How could I not forgive the one who did me wrong? And I'll tell you, the one person in my life that I held the most grudge against was my dad, my blood dad, because I was not only told bad things about him, but I knew about him. And he wasn't in my life, but later when I found out who my heavenly father was and I built that relationship, it made me have a relationship with my real father. That don't mean I hang out with him. He, he does what he does, but I had enough gumption to walk up to him and tell him one day, Father, Dad, I love you and I'm proud to be your son. And I just want you to know that. Even though our relationship's broken, guess what happened? A healing came to me. A lifting of a burden came off of my shoulders and I got the victory that day. Amen? And that's what you have to do to the devil. You got to smack him in the face with the power of the word of God. Amen. Make it living in you. Praise God. Then P Matthew 18, 21 says, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall I forgive my brother that sins against me? How, how many times do I need to forgive him? Seven times? And Jesus said, no, I say unto thee, not seven times, but until 70 times seven. 70 times seven. 490 times a day, I got to forgive you and you got to forgive me. Amen. But that's okay. Because that's God's plan, not my plan. My plan is I'm going to be a jerk. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to ignore you. I'm going to let pride and bitterness get in the way. And guess what? That stumps my walk with God too. No, thank you. I love Jesus Christ too much. And I love you too much for us to stumble and fall. We got we to gotta run this race together. Amen. That's okay. We can clap our hands under the Lord. We are still apostolic Pentecostal. Amen. Praise God. We still know how to make a joyful noise under our God. And that's all right. Believe me, I don't want no dead, dull, boring church. I don't want a church that all I feel is the air conditioner. I want to feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. I don't want to come and ice skate up and down the aisles. I'd rather run the aisles full of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. That's what it's about. Praise God. And God takes care of everything, even on wealth. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 says, Lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through or nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So God has it all covered. You know, Jesus doesn't care about money in this world. He really didn't. He never did. He, he used to say, blessed are the poor. Blessed are, are, are the meek. Blessed are the lowly. He had, he had 
us in mind. We're not rich. We're not famous. We're not out there in the world. And we don't have our uh, blessing in this life. Our blessing is coming in the next life. Just as he was talking about Lazarus a minute ago. Lazarus in this life, he didn't have everything. Matter of fact, he sat at the table begging for the droppings of the food. But in the next life, he was blessed in Abraham's bosom. And I'm telling you, church, it ain't worth it in this life to trade and keep what they have for us in this world to trade what we have coming in the next. The next is way more amazing. The next is way more beautiful. The next is way more worth it. I'm telling you it is. It is worth it. There is, no, there is a reason why Jesus said it's better to you to make it into the kingdom of heaven with your arm cut off than to let it offend you and you'd be lost. Believe me, believe me, you'd rather lose your arm than lose out on heaven. And I would be glad to trade my right arm just to make sure I make it in. Praise God. I want to make it to heaven. What about you, church? These are just a few of life's aspects that God's words covered. God's word covers. I want to get back to the opening scriptures that I started with. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, The study to show yourself approved unto who? Unto God. So we're to put our nose in this book, and we're to put our nose in prayer and our minds on God all the time. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, it's easy to get the word and just read it and make whatever you want up with it, but you need to learn how to rightly divide it. Proverbs 14, 12 again says, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You could even pick this book up, and if you ain't got the unction of the Holy Ghost or leading in the Spirit, you just may create another doctrine, and you'll just be tied up and lost there. That's why we need the Word of God, and we need the revelation that comes from His Spirit. That's why Jesus said, the Father seeketh such to worship Him in spirit and in truth. We must rightly divide the Word. Remember, there is a way that seems right unto a man, but what does God say? What does God say? Well, in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 9, the word of God says this. Whom shall he teach knowledge and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Do you want to get deep into God? Do you want the meat and the potatoes of the word? Do you want to understand what's going on and understand the signs of the times and know where you're at in the timeline of God and his coming? You need to get away from the milk and the breast and grow in the word of God. You need to get down with the Lord and you need, like they said, the more you fast, the more you pray, the more you give up of this world, the closer you get to God, the more of the revelation of him he's going to give to you. Amen. I cannot lie to you. I'm telling you the truth. The more you give up of this world, the more you'll get of Jesus. That's all I can say. His kingdom is not of this world. It's of heaven. Amen. And the kingdom of heaven dwelleth in us. It has not come with meat and drink, but it is peace and joy and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. So we need to get weaned from that milk and drawn from the breast. Yes, the milk, sincere milk of the word of God is great. I'm going to tell you under the sound of my voice tonight, if you have not repented of your sins, been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins, and received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you're still lost. You're still under... You're still under your old man. Your sins have not been washed away. But if you will repent and you'll give God your all, he will give you his all. Amen. And he'll fill you with his spirit and transform your life like nobody else can. Praise God. That's what we need today. But that's the sincere milk of the word. I want to grow. I want to grow in it. So once I get that doctrine down and I understand that I've been born of the water and of the spirit, I'm going to share that with others. But I got to get it in my own belly first. Amen. 
Some of us here, I wonder if I could challenge you today and you could tell me how I need to be saved if I asked you that. Some of us here, I wonder if I asked you today, can you explain the oneness of God to me? Can you tell me how Jesus is God? We need to get that in our own self, amen? We need to get it for ourselves. Our children need to get it too. And I'm telling you, I remember a preacher came here years ago and he got up here and he said, you know, really all we are, and he brought out a crescent wrench. He said, what, what we preachers are, and he held it up. He said, we're just maintenance men. We're here to keep the engine running. And if a little part gets loose or something happens, we're there to help fix it with the word of God. Amen? Because the word of God doesn't change. We try to change it to fit our own way and our own life, and we want to do our own thing. But when we surrender to him, he molds us and shapes us into what he wants us to be. Amen? Praise God. So I'm going to keep on keeping on. I'm going to keep on with the maintenance here today. Isaiah 28, 10 says, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. So this is how you build a doctrine. This is how you put the pieces of a puzzle together. Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. It's talking about if one, if one commandment says it here, if the word of God says it here, it's going to say it somewhere else. It's going to have out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. That's what's so beautiful about the word of God. It's like a beautiful puzzle that when put together properly will make the be most beautiful picture ever. Put up that number one slide real quick. Now, on the top, you've got, a young, you've got a young boy with a puzzle. It looks like a mess. It don't look pretty at all. But everything that you need is right there to create that pretty picture of that little kitty sleeping. But without the master working on it, you'll never get the pieces together. But that's what God does in our life, amen? He will come in and he'll take your wrecked life that's beat up and all broken and needs to be put together. And the hand of the master will make your life beautiful. And you will be a beautiful painting, a drawing, and something glorious unto the Lord, amen? Glorious unto our God. That's what he wants to do. Line upon line, precept upon precept. We are built on the apostles' doctrine, amen? We are built on this. I love it. So the word of God is beautiful. If we put it together, we're going to see a picture that's going to enlighten the whole world. So in order for us to build on the word of God or to build a solid doctrine, we must have line upon line and precept upon precept. Let's get to building tonight. Remember, Proverbs 14, 12 says that there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 through 21 says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not, came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's why you need the Holy Ghost. You want to know how Pentecost happened? It happened in an upper room. You know how it's going to end? It's going to end in an upper room experience also. We're going to get out of here full of the Holy Ghost. Why did he say? He told the wise virgins, get your lamp full and be ready when the midnight call comes. And the wise got their lamps full, amen, and they were ready to meet their Lord when he came. Just like he gave it to us back then, he's still giving us the same spirit today. He still works the same way, amen. He still works the same way. Praise God. Our God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Praise God. So our doctrine must be line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. In other words, if a scripture states it in one place, then another scripture will back it up to solidify the teaching. A perfect example of this is the doctrine of baptism. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 
says, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That should answer the question right there if you really looked at it. All power, not some power. He's not the second person. He's not the nothing in between. All power is given unto Jesus. Amen. And it says this. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. There's another if you really opened up your eyes and got a revelation, if you read that through the Holy Ghost lens, it says, lo, I am with you always. If he's in heaven, how can he be with me now? Because he's with me in spirit. This is what's so beautiful about the word of God. It's a puzzle fitly framed together. If you put the pieces together, line upon line, precept upon precept, you will understand this. But it comes through a love of the word of God and a revelation of the mighty God. Amen. It's beautiful. He is with us always, even until the end of the world. Acts chapter 2, verse 37 says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? That's the question of the ages. What shall we do? He didn't say, repeat a sinner's prayer after me. He didn't say, come up and shake a preacher's hand and sign this card and start paying tithes. He didn't say, join this roster and make sure you're here on Sunday and Tuesday. No, he didn't. He said, repent. Amen. Turn from your sins and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. I will always clap my hands for that scripture because that's what transformed my life. Amen. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So there were some who didn't receive it, but many who did. And they were baptized in Jesus' name. Acts chapter 8 verse 12 says, But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. Acts chapter 10 verse 47, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost, as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Acts chapter 19, verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 22, verse 16. And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Praise God. Matthew chapter 28, 19 was never meant to be used as a baptismal formula. Never. The apostles heard what Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19 in the very next book coming up in Acts. What did they do? They baptized everyone in the name of Jesus. You know why? Because they knew that Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. And once you get that revelation, nobody can take that from you. And you are set free. For he whom the Son is set free is free indeed. I'm telling you right now, when you get the revelation of the mighty God in Christ, there's nothing that can take that from you. Nothing in this world will ever steal that from me. Praise God. It is the anchor of my soul. The anchor of my soul. So here it is, line upon line, precept upon precept. You just heard about five different scriptures of Jesus' name, baptism. We can count that as a doctrine and put that in our pocket. Amen. Praise God. So Matthew 28, 19 was never meant to be used as a baptismal formula. It was practiced by the state-sponsored church starting in A.D. 325, and they continue to practice it until this day. There was a certain state-run church 
who in the Council of Nicaea got together and everybody heard their doctrines and they went with the, with the one that they thought that they could get away with and still tie in their paganism. And here we are today. People are still praying to statues. They're still praying to beads. They're still laying money at uh, statues' feet that can't move, can't breathe, can't talk, can't do anything for you. And they're still tied up and blinded. How much should we not lift up our hands and say, thank you, God, that you would show me that you are alive. I don't have to pray to a saint. I don't have to pray to anyone else. But I can say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. And my God is right there with me, in the midst with me, praise God, hallelujah. Thank God, thank God, thank God for the truth. Some of us, I bet I've never been in another church service, only in apostolic church services. And thank God that's all you have experienced. Because believe me, if you went, you would be blown away. You would be dumbfounded. You would wonder what in the world's going on. Just as much as when they come in here and see us act crazy. But ours is biblical. That's what's beautiful about ours. We are not drunk as you suppose, amen. But we're full of the Holy Ghost here, amen. But see, when you go to religion, because they don't have that flavor, they don't got that Holy Ghost, they got to replace it with something different, amen. And thank God we don't got to look for nothing. We got the real thing, honey, amen. We got the real thing tonight, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. So if we rightly divide the word, then we will see the beauty of Jesus' name baptism and we'll hold on to it as a true and dear doctrine. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Another they will not follow. If I hear someone else telling me, oh, I don't need to be baptized in Jesus' name, guess what? Another I'm not going to follow. If I hear somebody try to tell me that Jesus is the second person of a trinity, another I will not follow. Because my God said he's the first and the last. He's the author and finisher of my faith. Amen. He's everything I need and more. I don't got to look for another. I found the pearl of great price tonight. Amen. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 37. If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Let them be ignorant still. Paul said, the things that I write unto you, they're the commandments of the Lord. We need to eat and take the apostles' doctrine like never before. Amen? They are the commandments of the Lord. And in John chapter 17, verse 20, Jesus said, Neither pray for I these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Through whose word? Through the word of the apostles. Those 12 men that he handpicked. Although we lost the son of perdition, he was replaced. There was those 12 men, and they stood up on the day of Pentecost, and they preached this beautiful doctrine of baptism in Jesus' name and filling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let's continue in it. Praise God. Line upon line, precept upon precept. There's a few scriptures there. Paul said, the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. Jesus backed him up and said, I pray for those who will believe on me through their word. Amen. That's why we're called apostolic. We believe the apostle doctrine. There's a lot of people today, they try to fight, and they just look up to hang, up, hang you up on things. Man, they fuss over the name of Yeshua, use the name of Jesus. They, they fuss over a, a whole bunch of stuff that really you need to just knock it off. And you need to serve the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart. Amen. Because I know that it was the name of Jesus who washed my sins away. I know what God did for me and how he transformed my life. Amen. Some people say, oh, you shouldn't be called apostolic Pentecostal. That's a title, a label. I understand all that. And I know when, G when the Christians first came out, they didn't even say that. They called them the way. They were called the way. And then they were first called Christians, I believe, in Antioch. Now, I just want people to know that I have been with Jesus. The way my lifestyle is, the way I live, and the way I present myself, and the way I act toward others, they're going to know that I'm a Christian right there. 
But if they want to ask me what I believe, I'm not ashamed to say I'm apostolic Pentecostal. Yeah, there may be some apostolic Pentecostals who just live on the fringes and they ain't living completely for God. But that's a different case. That's them, not me. I want to love Jesus Christ with all of my heart. And I'm happy to know that I, I live for God. Amen. And that I have the apostles doctrine. That's all right. We can clap our hands under the Lord. I thank God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Amen. I'm not ashamed of this beautiful way of life. I love it. When I see Pentecostals in the, in the mall or walking down the street or whatever they're doing at the beach or whatever, it makes my heart joyful that I can say praise the Lord to somebody. Amen. Everybody else says what's up and what's happening and they're all mean mugging each other. Us, we're just rejoicing. Amen. We're waiting for our daddy. Praise God. Hallelujah. So if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant still. Now let's take a look at the doctrine of transformation. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 says this, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And that's for everybody. If you really read this and see what he said, he said, come. Come, come on, let us reason together. That's what God wants to do. All these people running to and fro and they're chasing this and that and they're trying to find pleasures in this world. If they would just come and reason with God, come to an altar. Come on, bring your problems to him. Lay him down at the altar and let him take care of it. Reason with God and everything you've done wrong, how ugly it may be, God's able to wash it all away, amen? But if you reject his counsel, if you reject this, then the sword of the Lord will come upon you. That's the judgment of God, and that's the truth, because we basically rejected Jesus when we don't come in counsel with him, when we don't come in reason with God so he can make us right in front of his sight. Amen? Praise God. I hope you guys are getting something out of this. The word of the Lord says in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6, but we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. That's everyone, including you and I. Everyone. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. And there is none that calleth upon thy name, that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. For thou hast hid thy face from us, and hast consumed us because of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, thou art our Father, praise God, and we are the clay, and thou art our potter, and we are the work of thy hand. Praise God. You see, I don't care who we are in this world, in this life. You can be a judge right now. You can be a senator. You can be a, a, a great business owner. You can be someone on welfare. You can be somebody barely making it. You can be someone just getting into the church and you got your first job and you don't know how long. And all that in God's kingdom, there's no big eyes or little U's. We're all the same in Christ. Amen. We are all the same in Christ. There's neither male nor female, nor bond nor free. We are all one in Christ Jesus. That's what's so beautiful about God. God will look at us all the same and he will take care of us. We will all learn how to humble ourselves before him and let him mold us and shape us. You know what's so beautiful about this scripture right here is when he began to talk and he says, there's none that calls upon your name that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee for thou hast hid thy face from us and has consumed us because of our iniquities. But now, O oh Lord, thou art our father. You know, there's times, a lot of times actually that I come and I pray in here and that reminds me of when I pray. Because I remind God, I remind God about you guys. And I come and I pray up and down these pews. And I, 
you guys, I don't know, but you're going to see sometimes there's going to be anointing oil when you grab the pew handle. Because I anoint these pews with oil and I pray over all of these pews for you guys. And I remind the Lord and I say, God, remember, these are your people. You bought them with your blood, Father. You gave them your name, Dad. You did this work, and you brought us this far, and I just want to remind you that we're still here. And don't forget about us. Work on us still, God. Get us out of this land and get us to our promised land, Father. Remember us today, Dad, because we love you, and we're the sheep of your pastor. Amen? I love him too much, and I love you too much for us not to make it to heaven together. Amen? Praise God. And that's what we need to do, just like the scripture. Remind the Lord. Lord, you're my father. You're my dad. And if you're my dad and I know you are, God, I need you to work on this. God, I need you to intercede on this. God, I need you to step in on this. Why? Because I'm going to give you the glory in it all. Amen? Because God is for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Praise God. Let's clap our hands under the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1 says, The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and said, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again unto another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, Cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. I want you to show this other slide, the picture two. You see that guy right there in the middle right there? That's me. That's me, and I was marred, and I was scarred, and I was going through things and doing things wickedly. But God had different plans for me. God knew my heart. And he snatched me out of darkness and put me into his marvelous light. Amen. He took that broken vessel and he made me into a new vessel. Show the next slide. This is what God did for me. Amen. He gave me a family. He gave me a life. He gave me forgiveness of my sins. And he restored my soul. And I can't help but love him tonight. I can't help but lift up my voice and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I don't deserve this. I don't deserve it. But I accept it wholeheartedly, and I am thankful for it. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Let me read this, and then we're going to look at that next picture. Isaiah 61.3 says, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Amen. This is God's work. This is God's glory. Look at that picture there. That's my sister Lisa. When she was strung out on drugs, she was sucked up, had no weight to her, messed up. My kids would be scared when we go and visit her because they didn't know what to expect in the places she lived. But God had different plans, amen. She may have been marred. She may have been scarred. She may have been bruised and battered and beaten. But God said, nope, I'm not done yet. I know what I'm doing and I'm going to transform you. Show me that other pictures. Hallelujah, that's us baptizing her in Jesus' name, amen. 
sight. Let me see that last picture. Hallelujah. Look at that. That's my beautiful wife and my sisters, all baptized in Jesus' name, all filled with the Holy Ghost. How can we not praise God for how good he is to us today? Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the enemy would like to mess with your head. He would like to tell you that your, your lost loved ones, they're not going to make it. He likes to tell you that your, your family, you've been praying for, it's never going to be answered. He wants to tell you that your backslidden son that hasn't been in church in a few years, he's not coming back. But that devil's a liar and he's the father of it. God has come to give us life and life more abundantly. Amen. The devil is a liar, and I bind him and cast him down in Jesus' name. I have this authority by the name of Jesus Christ. Remember who you are. You are the sons and daughters of God, and the world don't understand you because they didn't understand him. But I'm telling you today, if you'll walk in the authority that God gave you, you can bring down walls. You can bring down strongholds by the power of the name of Jesus. If you believe that today, I wonder if you can stand to your feet right now and lift up your hands and call on the name of Jesus. Jesus! Jesus, Jesus, we love you, God. We love you, God. We love you, God. I'm telling you right now, lift up your voice, saints. Lift up your voice. God is wanting to do something right now. God, call it those things that are not as though they are. I wonder if right now you would have faith to believe for those things that are not as though they are like God. Do you have a prayer request? Do you have a backslidden child? Do you have something you need answered? I dare you to come up to the front. I dare you to challenge God and see what he can do for you. Jesus wants to move right now. Jesus wants to increase your faith. He wants to move on you right now. That's okay. Come on. We are still Pentecost. We still believe in reaching Jesus. We still believe in touching the throne of grace. There's nothing our God cannot do. There's nothing too hard for our God. In the name of the Lord. That's right. Come on, church. Tap in. Tap in. If there's someone here right now, you need deliverance. God is going to deliver you. If you need healing, God can heal you right now. Come on and reach out to God. Lift up your voice. Call on that name. Call on that name. Hallelujah. Musicians, you can come, but if you want to pray, you can pray. Come on, let's pray, people. Let's pray. Let's believe God for the miraculous. Let's believe God for revival. If we want revival, we just need to ask for revival. He said, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. Come on and keep on knocking. Come on and keep on seeking. You're going to find it. You're going to find it tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God, keep praying, saints. Ministry, if you'd go and pray for Sister Black right now. Let's believe God for a healing. Let's believe God for a miracle. Saints, keep on seeking God. If you have a prayer request, it would do you good to lift up your voice right now because Jesus wants to move. Jesus wants to do a work, but you've got to seek him. He said, if you seek me with all your heart, you're going to find me. But if you're not hungry, if you're not thirsty, you're not going to be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Come on, renew yourself in the Holy Ghost. Save yourself from this untoward generation. Let your cup overflow, saints. Let your cup overflow tonight. That's all right. Call on your dad. Call on your dad. He loves you. 
He loves you more than I could ever say. He wants to do a work right now. That's all right. Call on his.